You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. This is Liz Dolan here at the Wondery Studio in West Hollywood. I usually say I'm the middle sister, but surprise, <laughs> we have another middle sister in the house. Sheila Dolan, welcome back on the show. Thank you, Liz. It's good to be back, fellow middle sister. <laughs> yes, this is going to be fun. And Julie, you're there in the big D in your bedroom closet, I assume. Yes, yes. Hi, everyone. This is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister, and I'm delighted to have uh, Sheila on the show today. Yeah, we've got some fun things to talk about. We do. <laughs> Lots of lightness. <laughs> we do. Leanne has today off, so we have not one but two special guests. You know, Sheila's here. Those of you who are longtime listeners know that Sheila is another sister and we have yet another sister, Monica. That's why when you go back into the older episodes, you hear all five of us coming and going on all kinds of shows. Now we only get Sheila on special occasions. But, you know, you're here. We've been talking up your daughter's wedding all summer, Sheila. So people are dying to hear the Mother of the Bride report. You will get the full review. Uh, and then we have another guest coming on. Lauren Bates joined us a few months ago to talk about her women-focused travel company, Wild Terrains. And she's going to tell us about their hot new destination. Also, in Entertaining Sisters, we have some TV and film recommendations. Plus, Sheila, you've got some... Victoria Beckham Beauty News. Well, I'm going to try to convince you sisters to like Victoria Beckham. Can I try? <laughs> At least I can try. <laughs> Give it a go. So, right. Julie, how are you down there? Well, I, I am, uh, as you know, uh, in addition to being an empty nester, I am an urban nana, and I am on an extended, I'll, I'll say that, an extended assignment here in Dallas. My son and daughter-in-law are away, and so I'm in charge of the three kids and uh, my dog, Oliver, and their dog, Lily. So, you know, it's go been going pretty well. You know, we, we're, you know, I'm doing all the after school, making the dinner, getting everyone to school. But um, last week, uh, I, I have to do the after school pickup. And that requires about a somewhere between 60 to 90 minutes because you have to pre-position yourself yes, in carpool Julie. lines. But <laughs> I know all about the pickup line. From working it's, in it, schools. It's intense. It's, it's a very <laughs> situation. You cannot enter into it lightly, Liz. You can't just swing by and pick up kids. You have okay. to make a commitment to do this. And we have two dismissal times, Sheila, before the five-year-old gets out 15 minutes earlier than the older kids. There you go, but Julie. I, back to back. Back to back. But I have got this accomplished. So my plan usually is to put the dogs in the backyard and then I go get in the carpool line, pick up the kids. And 90 minutes later, I'm back at their house and we start the after school activities. Well, that was all going well, except for on Friday. I um, picked them up. I returned home. We went into the house. We look in the backyard and there are no dogs. <gasps> oh, oh, no. Wow. Dogs are gone. Okay, <laughs> oh, Dogs on the loose. Oh, my gosh. So this is, they have a back gate, and it looks like it was a brains and brawn operation. <laughs> Lily, Lily's the brains of the operation. She is a pit bull greyhound. Okay, keep Whoa. that in mm. Greyhound. She's very fast. And then Oliver, a.k.a. Big Baby, he's the brawn of the operation. like... <laughs> <laughs> Lily somehow jiggled the uh, the lock open, and then Oliver just busted through. Okay, so they are gone. I have the three kids. I, I don't know how long the dogs have been gone, whether they've been gone five minutes or 90 minutes. Yes. I don't know where they are. I, I have no plan. I have no plan how to get them back. I, right. I am really... 
the two older kids want to spring into action. They want to get on their bikes and ride around in the neighborhood, which doesn't seem like a good idea because I might lose them. The five-year-old is in tears because he is so upset that the dogs are gone, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, we're out in the backyard. We're screaming. We're looking. No dogs. And then, you know, I run to the front yard. Again, no plan. I am not organized. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Who, who would have a plan for this? This is an unexpected turn of events. I, I just, I don't even know how to start, Liz, because I don't know where they would have gone. And again, Lily, the greyhound, when she goes, she's fast. She <laughs> right. Goes. Yeah, she just goes. So I am now I've moved to the front of their house and I'm flailing. I am calling their names. And and lo and behold, I see the UPS truck coming down the street and mm -hmm. he stops. And all of a sudden, Oliver comes out of the truck and is <gasps> being at top speed towards me. Okay. All right, special delivery. Yeah, UPS coming through. Sister. Let Brown do it. Okay, Lily, who apparently got out of the truck at the same time, ran in the opposite direction. Oh. So she ran away again. But, but fortunately, a neighbor uh, caught her. But listen to this. So Doug, our UPS man... He saw these dogs and just think of like the busiest intersection near where you live and yeah. where you would never want your dog to be. Right. Okay. That's where the dogs were. Like they were in like the most dangerous spot, like how, how they didn't get run over, how they did not, how they stayed together. I don't know how they stayed together. And then, but Doug said, you know, dogs love UPS trucks. <laughs> Oh. I guess they do, yes. They have a whole website, like dogs and UPS. You can look at it. You can look it up. There's, a, you know, like all the dogs love. Somehow he lured the dogs into the truck. Incredible. But here's the thing that Doug knew that they were our dogs. Okay, yeah. that And yeah. I, I'm staying at my son, son's house. Now, we live in the same neighborhood, but I guess Doug knows everything. So he, because... <laughs> Because he knows, because we have the same last name, you know, sometimes my, uh, you know, packages, sure. he, he mm -hmm. knows that where we live, he Oliver yeah. because he sees us out walking and he kind of knew who Lily was. And so he rescued these dogs and brought them back. Is that a miracle? This or is what? like the beginning of a heartfelt Disney movie. <laughs> I mean, this is incredible. And I can see a big Christmas bonus. Yes. Okay, yes. Well, this is my question, sisters. What how could how can I thank Doug enough? What is it that I should do for Doug? Because I mean, I owe him everything. Everything. Okay. Cold cash, I think, would work. <laughs> I really do, Julie. Yeah. That and a nice Entenmann's cake. I mean, something. Just, just give him something. I think oh, he would really oh. appreciate it. And I also think, Julie, this deserves a uh, an email to headquarters with a shout oh, out from a yes, customer yes. about Doug going above and beyond. That would be you can pay him whatever is in your heart. It should be a lot because it is yeah. two dollars. It should be twice what you would normally. I know. Do. I know. But I also, just... if you let his supervisors, the company he were let UPS know that Doug is the man that Definitely. You know, dog rescuer, I think that that would really help him just as much as uh, as a tip from you. Okay, okay, but that is so, that's amazing. But that's, it is true. It's a good insight that, of course, the UPS delivery people know all the dogs in the neighborhood and where they belong. They, they do know all the dogs in the neighborhood, and they know they know a lot about you too. Yes, so, I mean, yes, yes so, they do. They they do. Way, My mailman knows way. too much about me, but really? that's okay. I mean, I you know showed up in my bathrobe and things like that. <laughs> well, that's on you. <laughs> I mean, during the day. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> I'm still amazed he could lure two dogs into a truck. I uh, don't, I mean, maybe I, I have to get more details from yeah. him because when he was returning the dogs, I was in such a state of shock about how they attack <laughs> yeah. and how they were not dead and how, how he got involved in it. That I, I just I, I had you know I, yeah. I I was really stammering uh, and and I was trying to catch Lily who again was try, trying to 
break out. Yeah. So, uh, I think he uh, must have sacrificed his own bologna sandwich or something. That's what I'm guessing. I, he had I, to lure them in. Okay, well, well done, UPS. Okay, that's you know, it. That's, that's, right. that's what my week has been so far, yeah. Above and beyond. Okay, Sheila, here we go. It's time for the Mother of the Bride uh, complete recap. Oh, brother. Well, for those of you who know me, I'm Sheila. You probably (laughs) know that already. For those of you who may not know me, I'm a middle sister uh, sandwiched in between Liz and Monica. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in New York for about 20 years, and I raised my daughter in New York. And now I live in Los Angeles uh, with Leon and Liz. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I also made my life as an edu- educator. I was a teacher for 30 years, and now I have my own boutique tutoring company, uh, which very is nice. very boutique, very <laughs> boutique. And my one daughter, Ruthie, got married this August, and it was, I don't know, I just, I can safely say it was the best night of my life. Really? I, oh, I, I hope it was the best night of her life. And her husband's life, I'm pretty sure it was. You know what? I would say, as a witness, it seemed to be. And the fact that Ruthie has continued to post wedding photos <laughs> on her Instagram, even a month later, I feel like she's living the dream. I I, I found it, Julie, you've been through this. I found yes. it very hard to come back to reality after being in the wedding zone. And well, uh, Sheila, you know what? I think some of it is... It is such a great thing when your child finds their partner, you know, I mean, it is, uh, you know, it is such a wonderful experience as a parent to, you know, to go through that, to witness that kind of commitment to this partner and that, you know, that they have found someone that they want to spend their life with. It's that. And what's interesting about Ruthie and Jeremy, yes, Julie, definitely, is that They've been together for over 10 years. And so the wedding proposal was almost like a beautiful surprise after all that time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Like, like Ruthie's one of the girls that, you know, if she never got married and just lived with uh, Jeremy, that probably would have been, you know, that would seem in keeping with the things that she likes to do. So Right. Uh, and he's been part of uh, the family for a while yes, now. Yes, right, right. Uh, so I would say the whole wedding... I, I would say the theme was love fest. Wouldn't you say, Liz? <laughs> it was. You were there. Yes. Well, the actual theme were, were Ruthie had it arranged, Julie. All of the tables were named after different divas. So you said, much like her mother, you recall last year when we did your birthday, Sheila, it was yeah. a Madonna theme. <laughs> yes. At Ruthie's wedding, like you sat at the Mariah Carey ta- uh, table or the uh, Dolly Parton table or the Madonna table. So it's kind of showbizy diva. But then all of the messaging in the wedding itself was all about all about love. Yes. And a lot of it, music by those women about love. Yes. Well, Ruthie and Jeremy both love music. Yes. Jeremy is a uh, DJ mm-hmm. um, his whole life. He's a musician. Um, and so, but let's let's go back. I mean, it's very hard to be a mother of the bride. Would you would you say, Julie? Uh, it, well, I've, I've always only been the mother of a groom. But I guess you yes. have a key role as mother of the bride. I mean, that depending on your relationship with the bride, you're an advisor, you're a collaborator. Sometimes you're just an observer, uh, but but you have status as mother of the bride. Yes. Yes. So uh, I do have status, but I did repeat this mantra to myself in the six months leading up to the actual wedding. This was my mantra. Don't say anything. <laughs> just ask, keep asking, what do you want? Because... I raised a very strong-minded daughter, and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mothers and daughters, you know, there's there's a re- there's a thing there where you don't want to upset them. Mm-hmm. They know what they want, and from the beginning, Ruth said to me, "I just want a big party with good food." Okay. And Jeremy wanted to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really what we were going for. And when Ruth had to make all the decisions, even though she asked me, what do you think? I I just put it back in her lap. What do you want? Yes. Because yeah, I knew. That's, I, that's solid parenting of yes. a child. Very Thank solid. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. So I used that mantra all the way up until the very end. 
<laughs> and then? <laughs> so the wedding was originally, it was going to be a big party with good food. We started out in Vermont. Then we went over to Coney Island, and we ended up in Chinatown, New York, and I'm so glad we did. That was great. For locations. Those were the locations you considered. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes, and the whole time I, I got it, Ruth wanted a mixture of seriousness and irreverence, mm -hmm. and I think that's what they captured. They did. Mm -hmm. um, in everything from the officiate, who uh, most of his speech, he, they did get married before before the crowd, uh, most of his speech involved quoting famous country stars about their relationships to marriage, like Dolly Parton, <laughs> like Tanya Tucker. So we had those quotes. Yes. And mm -hmm. then we had the very serious, there's very serious uh, handwritten vows. Yes, very serious. Um, so um, can I interject one yeah. note here? I think it's interesting for people to know that both Ruthie and Jeremy were born and raised in downtown New York City. Yes. So they are two true downtown kids and they they still live in New York City. They're on the Brooklyn side now, but it definitely I think the fact that it was down in Chinatown with a lot of their friends from the art and music world really felt like the party they wanted to yes. have, the wedding that really expressed who they were from their very youngest time. Right. So this was a favorite. Uh, the, we, we actually had the wedding at a dim sum restaurant called the Golden Unicorn. It was one of their favorite restaurants. And it was a, a kitsch. There was glitz. <laughs> there was amazing food. Uh, a wait staff that just didn't stop. They just they started clearing those tables before the wedding was over. I mean, things were kind of wild. But wonderful, yes. wild and wonderful in the room. Uh, but getting back to the mother of the bride, um, yes, I did try to keep it, you know, what do you want, Ruth? What do you want? Until we got to the very end, uh, there was a makeup trial uh, that I think I called you on, Julie, or maybe I yes. called Leon. Uh, there mm -hmm. was a makeup trial uh, that went very wrong. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Yes. I think Leon was your helpline on that. Leon uh, was helped... my helpline. And yeah. I, I mean, what's more, I mean, obviously, the most important thing when you get married is you should love the person. But the second most important thing is your makeup. <laughs> I really believe in hair and makeup. You do. And I, I said, no, you are not going with that person. In fact, I don't know who you are with that makeup on. I don't know what he was thinking. Really? So we redid. Oh, it, was, it was that um, dramatic, I guess, the makeup. Dramatic right? is a nice word for it. So then we went with another makeup artist, Flawless. I mean, so, but wait, so when you said that to Ruthie, like, this is not you, that when, when that was the first moment you stepped in, how did she react she to that? She was okay with it, Liz. Oh, because, okay. Because I think she, she was, knew. It was the 11th hour, and she knew. <laughs> She knew she had to go with my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that happened was it was just a Dolan thing that kicked in at the very end. Just the show flow, you know, rewriting the show flow. <laughs> I kind of called Julie in an emergency situation. Right. right. And what was that about? It was just the show flow in general. <laughs> and what did you say to me, Julie? I said, you are the mother of the bride. <laughs> That's all you she said. You are the second <laughs> most important person at this event. Okay, mm -hmm. it's the bride, it's the mother of the bride, and then the groom. <laughs> as as and that's all she needed to say. Oh, okay. So we straightened it. Everything was glorious. I mean, it really was special. Yes. And everyone did something. Starting from Leon and Julie's amazing engagement party to the very yeah. end, where the photographer sang a Chinese song to them yes. at, at the end of the night, and it was just perfect. It, it was. was really perfect. Everyone, everyone had a grand time, and you were just glowing the whole night. Oh, thank you. You looked beautiful, but you also just looked like it was the happiest night of your life. You're, you're very, you're smiling the entire week before and the entire week after, and then you drop into a deep depression. <laughs> Yeah, so how do you recover? I mean, Sheila, I mean, Sheila, there is a big letdown after after such an emotional event. Definitely. I mean, without a doubt, you know, this is, you know, I, you know, people, uh, people that I know that are having children getting married, like you can even take a couple of days after the wedding just to savor everything that you're experiencing to like 
you know, to think about all the things that are happening at, you know, during the wedding festivities, uh, I think is really important. You can't always do that because of time and whatever, but it's really, but I agree with you, Sheila. It's a big letdown when it's it's over. It's a letdown. So then you have to sort of get, climb your way back into reality, Liz. And how's that going? It's fine. I mean, I'm back in reality now, but I think the whole that the first two weeks were really rough. Mm-hmm. And and then what we would do, what Ruth and I would do on the phone or in text, is just send more pictures to each other <laughs> to make us feel good. You know, That's good. It's a wedding, or a feel-good. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're a feel-good celebration. Well, hopefully they are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Julie, I remember after your wedding, I mean, you were pretty young when you got married. Your wedding was at home. So yeah. mom was pretty much in charge of all show flow related issues. But after you and your husband left on your honeymoon, yeah, we just sat around in the front yard and talked about it for another week. That's Mom true. just would not let it go. You know, right. I think it was the happiest night of mom's life. Definitely. Yeah. So that or one of let's just say one of she yeah. she felt like it was just just like the ultimate family moment. Beautiful for you and your husband, but also just for our whole family. So yes. Yeah, that that's the way it is. I will say though, I think Jeremy's family, my uh, son-in-law's family, took over the mantle as best dancing family at a wedding. Yes, I know we have often held that. <laughs> we're we're crazy dancers at weddings, but Jeremy's family got up at song one and they did not stop. Yeah. the entire night. She married into the right family yes, for sure. Yes, <laughs> music and dancing and good food. <laughs> All right. Well, that's exciting. Yes. I'm Thank you for telling you were... us all about yes. it. Well, maybe we'll post a few more photos <laughs> in the not? in the Facebook group. <laughs> Pick a, make some selects, Sheila, okay. and we'll, we'll put them in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Okay, we're going to break away for a second to thank a couple of our sponsors. And then when we come back, we have a guest who's going to talk about hot new travel destinations. So stick around. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would you like to share? Would you like to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids. And one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like- going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Uh, Welcome back. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz here today with special guests Sheila Dolan and Julie. Leon is off. But joining us again via Skype is a favorite guest we had a few months ago, Lauren Bates from Wild Terrains. And Wild Terrains, this is a great company. They plan group travel for women and in their destinations. They collaborate with local women entrepreneurs, artists, designers, and chefs. So, Lauren, welcome back to Satellite Sisters. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to chat with you guys today. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you back. So the hot new destination on the Wild Terrains uh, schedule is Lisbon. So tell us what's so special there. Yeah, yeah. So we just um, we launched Portugal a couple of months ago. um, And Lisbon is the first stop on the trip. But we actually go to a couple different places. 
And it's been so fun. It's it, Portugal. I don't know if you have you guys been to Portugal. I gotta I say, and in fact, I am a Lauren. This is Julie. I'm I am babysitting right now my <laughs> grandchildren because my son and daughter in law are in Portugal. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> okay, so I think I am going to need a trip to Portugal to uh, to Portugal. <laughs> And I'm finished with this babysitting assignment. <laughs> I'm just so curious to hear about about your trip and what what you do there. And, yeah, uh, Lauren, this is Liz. I'll confess that the one time I've been to Lisbon, it was one of those awful business trips where you're in and out in 24 hours, and all you ever see is the in inside of a hotel meeting room. So I oh, need no. to go back to Portugal. <laughs> I've been dying to go back since that little little taste of Portugal. That's why we want to hear all about what you have planned. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like we need to plan a little sister's trip to Portugal. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so Portugal, I mean, Portugal is really, I think, an interesting destination because it is so hot right now that I feel like every time you talk to someone about it, someone's just come back from there and they know someone who's there right now. Um, and I think it's a cool destination for us because there's a lot of touristy stuff to do in Portugal and we tend on our trips to go a little more off the beaten path. So, um, our itineraries don't have really the standard touristy things on them. We give you free time to do any museums you want to do or see any historical sites that you want to see. But the bulk of our itinerary is doing things that tourists normally don't have access to. Um, so, on our Lisbon portion of the Portugal trip, some of the things that we do are um, one of the most famous or the most famous female street artist in Portugal, um, who normally is very busy doing cool art projects, leads a street art tour for us. So she takes us... Um, around Lisbon, it's like you get off the plane and this is the first thing you go do. And she shows you all her street murals. She talks to you about the street art culture in Portugal, which has a really interesting history because it's actually backed by the government. Mm -hmm. um, and then she actually, get, every trip gets a wall for us and she teaches everyone how to graffiti. Really? So that's the first Yes, and it's so, so it cool. sounds a little ridiculous, but uh -huh. it's um, awesome bonding for uh -huh. everyone. Okay, and another thing on your itinerary is foraging and then a mixology lesson. So that got yes. my attention. Tell me about that. Yes, so the foraging is funny because a lot of people are kind of like, I don't really know about that. I kind of want to skip that. And it ends up being people's favorite activity. So um, we go to a there's actually a forest called Monsanto that's um, within Lisbon and um, all of our Portuguese partners make fun of me because it's not a place that you normally bring tourists, but I make all of our group go. And um, we meet up with um, Constanza, who is the owner of one of the most popular cocktail bars in Lisbon. And she's one of the only female mixologists in, in Portugal. Um, and then we meet up with another woman named Fernanda, who's sort of like the guru of foraging in Portugal. She's really well known. She's um, gets hired by very famous chefs um, and just people who are interested in food to, to have her take them and show them how they can use local ingredients, what they can forage, what they can't. Um, and so they take us to this forest and you, we literally, we break up into teams, everyone gets a basket and then we forage for ingredients. Um, and like, what I mean, like, <laughs> I know it's, it sounds ridiculous, but we've found, um, every time it's different because it's obviously seasonal. So, um, the last trip we found blackberries, we found fennel, we found, um, geranium, we found cactus fruit, which is really interesting. Um, and then we bring all the ingredients back to Constanza's bar and she helps us, we break into teams and then we pick sort of like a star ingredient that we want to be the center of our cocktail. And she teaches us how to um, infuse 
it into a liquor or distill it into a syrup or I mean, it's kind of a crazy experience, but it's super fun. This is Sheila. Sounds like top forager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a good show. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah I don't I, think I've ever been on vacation anywhere where I thought, you know, I should go foraging. That's what I should do. And then I should make it realize, into a drink. Yeah, and it makes someone, you, you're like, wow, I could survive on my own in the woods, maybe. And But someone's guiding you on, like, poisonous berries versus blackberries, right? Yes. Uh, it's just from yes. a safety point of view, just checking on that. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so the last time you were on Satellite Sisters, you talked about your trip to Mexico City. And I have spent time there. And that's an amazing city. And your tour there sounded wonderful. So I understand, Lauren, that plenty of Satellite Sisters signed up and went with you. Is that true? Yes, we've had and we've had so many of your listeners um, either come on trips or they're they're scheduled to come on trips in the future. And I really do have to say you guys have the kindest listeners. I mean, they are such lovely travelers and they're so, um, I've just been really, really impressed by them. They're so kind to the rest of the group. They're so interested in the places that we travel to and they're just like really mindful when they travel. I've just been really impressed with the, the women who've come from just being on that show one time. Okay. That's we knew we had top notch <laughs> listeners, but we didn't we didn't know they would also travel well around the world, Lauren. So that's good to know. Yeah, they're they're so lovely and I've spent like days with them at a time, so I can really confirm that you have awesome listeners. <laughs> The, you know, I also wanted to ask about another city that I know Wild Terrains doesn't go to, but I'm just curious, like, how a destination becomes hot all of a sudden, because Portugal clearly has become hot, but another city that we keep hearing about lately is Copenhagen, as sort of a hot new place to go. How, do, how does that happen? Yeah, so um, I went to Copenhagen on a personal vacation uh, last month, and I actually got sick on the way there. So I spent most of my time in Copenhagen sick, which is so funny. It's like, you know how they say you take a vacation and then you get sick. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think Copenhagen's a really interesting destination. And I think the reason it has become so popular, and I think Portugal to some degree too, is how I think people are becoming more interested in how other cultures live and what the quality of life would be like spending time somewhere. Mm -hmm. So Denmark um, is like consistently rated one of the happiest countries to live in. And Copenhagen is obviously the main city for that country. Um, And so I think that for me, at least that was the appeal. It was like, Oh, let me go see what it's like to live there for Mm -hmm. a few days. And, and are people really happier? And do you feel that when you're walking around? Um, and I think Portugal doesn't necessarily have that reputation of being happier, but it's a slower pace of life. And I think that there are some just benefits to that, that a lot of us Americans crave Mm -hmm. when we're traveling. That sounds good. Lauren, this is Julie. For these trips, they are women-only trips. What do you recommend? Do you think, is it good for people to come with their friends or should they come alone to make friends? That's a really good question. Um, We have sort of a mixture. I would say it's half and half, people coming with friends and people coming by themselves. Um, And I think that, I guess I would say it really depends what place you are in your life. I think if you have a really, you know, a friend that you know travels well with you, that could be a nice way to join a group so that, you know, when you have your free time, you have a built-in kind of buddy to go off and explore and do things with. Um, I think if you're in a more transitional time period, like we get a lot of women who are just about to retire or, you know, um, just had their first kid or sent their kids off to college. We get a lot of that sort of like transitional time period. And I think when you're in that period, it can sometimes be nice to come alone because there are other women that will be in the group that are going through similar things. And you might have a little more room to make a bond or a relationship with them if you're not traveling with the best friend. 
Yeah. Sheila, maybe a good yeah. way to get out I, of the mother of the bride funk. I think so. <laughs> MOB post travel. Yes. I, there you go. <laughs> I see that you have Mother's Day trips, you know, so where you could do a mother daughter thing, which I think would be really fun to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, we um, the mother-daughter trips are so fun, and we're actually we, we led them in Mexico City last year. We're doing Mexico City again in 2020, and we're doing Portugal as well. Um, and we actually have started to have multi-generational groups come, so grandmother, mother, daughter on those, which is so fun. Oh, okay. Julie, I'm imagining you on one of those. This is I it. Can, perhaps I could, I could lure one of my daughter-in-laws and my granddaughters. But you, you have to be, this is for adults only. These are not for children, right? These- we, we allow kids. Um, so we really, I, one of my biggest things as the company has grown is um, to not limit our trips based on age. So we really allow all ages. Okay. Okay. Okay, right. I like virgin cocktails, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> herbs. Well, Lauren, I love that these are trips for women, and they don't center on spas. Now, I mean, spas are great, and and women have have that enjoy that, but women have a range of interests. How do you find and connect with these international women? You know, that are into foraging or. In- <laughs> graffiti or making cocktails how do you how do you connect and make those connections yeah so um well the first thing is like I go to these places and I spend quite a bit of time um just sort of trying to get my my bearings of what the the culture is like and who the people to know are um I really it's funny I actually listen to my my interview with you guys from January this morning, just to kind of see what I was talking about with you then. And the business has changed so much since then. And I've just learned so much. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned is that it doesn't really matter what the activities are. Like, I think you're right in the sense that, um, we don't want it to just be all yoga or all spa or just kind of one dimensional trips. But I think that, what really matters is the people that you're interacting with. And so what I tried to do with Portugal, and I, I think we did a really great job of it is I picked the people first. Like I would just find these women or someone would introduce me to someone they thought I should have coffee with. And when I would meet a woman that I felt like really aligned with wild terrain's values and would be a good fit on our itineraries, then we brainstormed what to do. So like, for example, the foraging, I met Constanza, who's the owner of this bar. And I met her through, through a friend I had made. And I just thought she was like a really cool woman and she had a really cool story. And then we sort of brainstormed together. What can we do? That's kind of out of the box. And that's how foraging came about, but it wasn't really something she was offering to anyone else. She was just running her own business and her own bar um, and doing foraging for her business, but she wasn't doing it for tourism. All right. That's it. You've really given us a lot of inspiration. I think you're right. No matter where you go, sort of meeting the local people and doing things that are unexpected, it makes it so much more meaningful. So Thank you so much, Lauren, for figuring out some of these new destinations for us. Portugal sounds great. And we know the Satellite Sisterhood loves Mexico City. And we always (laughs) encourage everyone, all of our listeners, no matter where you go, use the hashtag SatSistersTravel because we like to see where your adventures are taking you. So thank you, Lauren. We'll put a link to Wild Terrains in our show notes and uh, come back sometime soon with your next hot place to go. (laughs) Thank you. It's always nice to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, Lauren. Right. Thanks. Bye. We will thank a few sponsors and be right back. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, Just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life. 
aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay. You know we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is gonna happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. We are back. And, you know, listening to Lauren talk about travel, it is really inspirational to me because the idea of getting like under the surface in the city a little bit, it's hard to do, but it makes it so much more fun, you know? Yeah, this is Sheila. I love the fact that she spends time in these places before she decides what that, you know, you just don't do tourist trappy things. Yeah. Yeah. And so any of you Satellite Sisters who have been on the Mexico City trip, we would love for you to post in the Facebook group about what you thought of that. And we have no financial interest in this by the boo. No. You know, no. We, we just think this is great. Going around the world and meeting women in these cities who are running their own, their own businesses and artists and chefs and things. So that is something that the Satellite Sisterhood supports. Okay, next up, Sheila. Um, you, when you came to us, Julie and I, you know, we were on the phone doing a little pre-production yesterday, and one topic you really wanted to tackle today <laughs> was Victoria Beckham's uh, beauty regime. I, I don't know what it is about Victoria Beckham. I like her so much, okay. and I'm going to try to convince you guys to like her. Uh, I, I don't right. know what you're, do you have any strong feelings about Victoria Beckham? I don't know. Julie, you? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm neutral about it. I mean, okay. you know, well, yeah. I, I believe she should just uh, do whatever she wants to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Well, here's a couple things right off the bat I like about her dedication to family. She's always uh-huh. talking about her kids, posting about her kids. Who cares about David? She's committed to her kids. <laughs> well, and- I care about David, but, you know, and I'm sure she does. But, okay, right. And the other thing. I mean, when I saw a few years ago that she has all of her birthday cakes made out of fruit slices, I just said, this is a woman who just, she does not let up on that dieting. I mean, she goes full tilt. I mean, it just, it just doesn't matter. But I came across some beauty tips. Now, you know, Victoria Beckham uses like $5,000 worth of creams. Yes. In addition to these free items I'm going to name in in a minute. Uh So I'm going to give you her regime that is free. And I'm just, I just want to know, would you ever do this? Okay. Well, people remember the lab rats when you and Monica would always test products. So before you get, have you tested this? This regime? Well, I'm doing one of them. Pres- uh, I'm not. Well, I'll tell you about it okay. in a minute. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> kind of right. like your, she's your new beauty uh, role model, would you yes. say? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, she starts with a glug, and it's a glug of apple cider vinegar. First thing in the morning, that's all she drinks. She just oh. chugs it. Yeah, that. 
I mean, I've heard about apple cider vinegar for a million years. I've tried it. Have you tried it? Does it... Well, you know, I just went to this whole thing on the human microbiome, and it's one of those things. They, they say dilute it in water, though, and chug it. And I've, I've tried it a few mornings, but have not really been able to establish that as a habit. But she drinks it, like, raw, like raw. straight up. And, and I mean... I, I drink glugs and glugs of coffee first thing. That's the only thing I can <laughs> handle. Julie, you're you would never do that, right? I, I can't see that I would adopt that, Sheila. You know, I mean maybe a tablespoon, but a glug no. <laughs> yeah. Glug. And then she does about three hours of yoga. So I don't even want to talk about that. So mm-hmm. she starts the day with the <laughs> apple cider vinegar and goes right to her training room, which is in her mansion. So mm-hmm. anyway. Here's the other one that really just, I, I just, I'm fascinated with the fact she eats four avocados a day for her skin. Really? Now no, I could get into that. Okay, I could too. Yeah. <laughs> but not for my skin. Oh. Just because I love avocados. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But a basic avocado is about 200 calories. Mm-hmm. So... Right. That's... So is that all she eats? <laughs> so get, and, she, the, and the fruit slices? Well, we'll wait is till she you think the avocado on toast, Sheila, or no. anything. No, she eats it probably raw uh-huh. with a few uh, leaves of lettuce. I mean, it, it. She she is a bird. She is so thin and bird-like, and her skin just glows. But I think the four avocados, she says, is for her skin. Who knows? She might have made this up. What else would it be for? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For someone who otherwise doesn't eat. All right. This is what she has when she goes out with her girlfriends. Uh Instead of drinking, which is calories, I guess she's, she chews on coffee beans. What? What? I know. Are you recommending this? Not at all. No, not at all. I'm not recommending drinking either. But just chewing on coffee beans, first of all, wouldn't that keep you up? Yeah, yeah. And doesn't it stain your teeth? Isn't it? That's what I was going to say. And does she carry around a little metal cup to spit in? I mean, I. My teeth are so bad. They're just falling apart in my old age. I could never chew on a coffee bean safely. I mean, I would just be scared mm-hmm. that one of my fillings mm-hmm. would fall out. Um, so, what is your sourcing on this information, if you don't oh, mind me asking? Of course, the Daily Mail. Liz. The Daily Mail. Okay. <laughs> yes, I get okay, it right good. to my yeah. inbox. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. And the last thing, Victoria Beckham, and I could get behind this, when she wants a snack, frozen grapes. Oh, okay. I enjoy grapes. Have you ever had them frozen? No. Let's try Uh, them this week. That feels like something I could manage. (laughs) Okay. So she's basically, wait, apple cider vinegar, avocado, coffee beans, and frozen grapes. Right. And you think that's the whole plan. And then once a year, she has a fruit slice birthday cake. (laughs) God bless her. Victoria Beckham, I'm going to start with one avocado and the frozen grapes. Okay. That's... <laughs> okay. And see if that makes a difference. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let us know how that goes. Victoria Beckham's beauty regimen. This is why we need you to come in occasionally, Shil, because we were completely overlooking that breaking I news. I know. It was a breaking oh. news story a few I, months I ago. I feel much better about Victoria Beckham after this conversation, okay, Sheila. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we wanted to go into entertaining sisters. This is where we share some of our entertainment tips. And I got to say, I have one. I was at the Bend Film Festival this weekend. I mentioned that on last week's show that I was in Oregon. And, you know, these small film festivals are really fun to go to. You see all different kinds of things. Well, I saw a really beautiful documentary about Mark Rothko, you know, the abstract expressionist painter. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's very famous for his color field paintings. And I got to say, like, I always thought the paintings were beautiful, but I didn't know anything about him or about, like, what is the thought process there or where he came from. And so this documentary, Rothko, Pictures Must Be Miraculous, the reason I'm mentioning it is because it is part of the PBS American Masters series. So it's actually going to be on TV on October 25th. So you do not need to go to a tiny little film festival to see this. You can watch this on PBS. So I recommend it. And he's 
just got this really interesting life story. For instance, I had no idea he was from Portland, Oregon. He actually, well, he he immigrated to the United States from Russia, came through Ellis Island, and then, and you know how I was just at Ellis Island uh, a few weeks ago, and they explained the whole process of they just put people on trains and they sent them west. And that is what happened with his family. They went to Portland, Oregon, because that's where he, they had family that were already there. So you get the whole background of moving to America and moving out to Portland and growing up there. Um, but I think you would really love this show, Julie, too, because, you know, I know your your son and daughter-in-law are both in the contemporary art world. This is the, I think Rothko's work is the kind of thing that those of us who are less well-informed, we, we just instinctively love it, but we don't know why and what makes it so amazing to us. And I thought this movie, it's just a one-hour documentary, it really helped me understand why this very simple work was also very complex. So oh, it was really, I highly recommend. I, you know, and it's funny, the person who introduced them was making the point that pretty much everybody's had like a Rothko coffee mug or a Rothko poster in their college dorm room, but to really understand the work itself and what makes it so unique. So that would be my w number one movie slash TV recommendation for this month on PBS, October 25th on American Masters. That sounds okay. really good, Liz. I am not that highbrow. Uh, this is Sheila. I have been watching older men on new fall TV. <laughs> so I would like to just mention a few formerly hot men who are now on fall TV. Okay, um, good. Let's start. It's like a good category, Sheila. <laughs> okay. Let's start with Jimmy Smits. Okay. He's on a new show called Bluff City Law. And mm -hmm. I don't think there's a woman in America who can ever forget Jimmy Smith's NYPD Blue early days, just super attractive, yes. super, <laughs> super yes. talented, hot, hot attractive, yeah. talented, yes, <laughs> tall, broad shoulders, yeah. Jimmy Smith's. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I really wanted to see this new show. So I, I tuned in. I've, I've been watching Bluff City Law now for about three weeks. I think I've seen all three episodes. I saw the pilot. The entire time during the pilot, I kept thinking, is that a good toupee or a bad toupee? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Jimmy Smith's. Oh, no. no. I know. I know. Is it supposed to be a bad toupee? Like, is he playing a guy who would wear a bad toupee? No, he's playing a lawyer, civil rights lawyer from Memphis. He owns a family law firm. He, he's, he's a widower. And this is the other thing I want to mention. So he's got the toupee. He has good suits, but it's, it's Jimmy. Here's the thing. The first three episodes, Jimmy Smith is crying in every episode uh, because oh. of his he's re reuniting with his estranged daughter. And he's just crying through every episode. So you don't want to see that. <laughs> well, you don't want this. Huh? It's just <laughs> like, are you hormonal, Jimmy Smith? <laughs> what is going on with you? Um, OK, I'll have okay, to check this out. Just stop crying. I don't mind the toupee. Just, just get it together okay. and just do your thing. You know, do the Jimmy do Smith's, your Jimmy Smith's thing. lawyer thing. Yeah. Okay, so that's one thing. Jimmy Smith's Bluff City Law. Then there are a couple other older men who are in one show in particular, and I'm talking about Timothy Hutton and Timothy Busfield. So 30-something mm -hmm. Timothy Hutton. They're in this new show called Almost Family. I just right. want to talk about Timothy Hutton first. He does need a toupee. Like, <laughs> I think, I think the cost, the wardrobe person from Bluff City Law should just give him a look. He, he plays this awful character, sperm doctor. I don't even want to go into it, but just the receding hairline is enough to just take you right out of the show. Uh, really? Right? <laughs> uh -oh. Now, and Timothy Busfield, who is also in the show, plays sort of a whiny, snivelly father who adopted Brittany Snow. I don't even know the plot line. I'm just I'm just confused by these older men just and their character roles. I mean uh -huh. so uh I don't know. I'm gonna keep watching to see if Jimmy stops crying. Uh -huh. Or maybe if Timothy starts to do a comb over of some kind <laughs> and if Timothy Busfield just 
gets it together as well. Okay. All right. All right. Well, it feels like if there are more roles for like older men in their real lives, maybe the same will happen for women. Maybe, uh, you know, this could be, maybe we're just starting to see people of a certain age on TV and they're all going to have receding hairlines right. and you just have to get over I, it. I, I mean, I kind of feel a, a little bit comforting by this report, Sheila, that it's, uh, there's sort of equal aging going on here, you know? Yeah. I okay, mean, Jewel. Right? I, I mean, hear that, you. Let's let's have some uh, bad older older looking men. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's good. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. that's that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A, I feel empowered by this conversation. Thank you, Sheila. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize I was doing a service here um, for all women, but thank you. Okay. Well, we now uh, my entertainment report is the other end of the spectrum. Um, as I said, I've been involved with children, so I've seen a lot of children's movies this uh, this past week. The Adams Family, a remake of The Adams Family, is out. Uh, we are also able to catch Toy Story Four mm-hmm. on uh, is now out uh, on the smaller screen. As is The Secret Life of Pets Two is also out, and we happen to see the preview for Frozen Two. Oh. Do you get drift here? Yes. Because I I am I had a very interesting conversation with my grandchildren, and they are they are all over um, the industrial animation complex, like big animation, Disney. You're, the jig is up. Yes. Oh really? Oh, they're onto it. Not interested. They are complaining, Liz. They're like, why do they keep making the same movie? Why can't we have a new movie with new stories? Yes. Why do we have to watch Toy Story 4? How, you know, Frozen 2, you know, the, uh, the Adams Family. Why can't they think up something new? And I just think this is a word to wise to all of those that are out there involved in movie land that, you know, kids want original stuff. They yes. don't want... Don't I you agree, think, Julie. You're, you teach children. What do you think? I had a 10-year-old tell me the other day she went into a huge tirade about all the sequels. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. She's like, why don't they just stop making sequels? They're all bad. And she is a hardcore Disney movie watcher. So, Julie, I, I totally agree with you. I know. Okay. Ben said Disney is dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> and how old is Ben? Five? Nine. He's nine. Nine. Oh, nine. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, Benjamin's got a good head on his shoulders. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope people are listening. Those of you in big animation, time to get a new idea in the works. Uh, one other entertainment thing I wanted to mention, because it's tomorrow night. It's Tuesday as we record this. I mentioned a few weeks ago that tomorrow night I will be on stage at 6th and I in Washington, D.C., interviewing... Just the totally charming and wonderful in every way Olympic skater Adam Rippon. So uh, I know a bunch of you have posted in the Facebook group that you bought tickets. I can't wait to see you after the show. We're going to have a special room where we can hang out. But you can also go hang out with Adam Rippon if you'd rather do that. But the title of his memoir is Beautiful on the Outside. Look at the cover, Sheila. It's a Isn't great that, cover. It's just yes. a fantastic cover. Anyway, so, um, so I will be there Wednesday night. Doors open at 6. The show is at 7. Tickets are still available. And this is at a super cool place. Those of you in the region probably know Sixth and I, but I was not familiar with it until a few years ago. It's a revitalized historic synagogue. So it was built in 1908, right in the center of Washington, D.C., but now it's a nonprofit center for arts, entertainment, and ideas. So they have all kinds of presentations and talks and cultural celebrations and things. So amazing. Look at the building, Sheila. Liz Just... is showing me a flyer right now. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So for those of you, even if you can't make it tomorrow night, but you're in the region, you should check out Sixth and I because there are lots of really fascinating fascinating things going on there. And when they called me about six months ago to ask me if I would host this thing with Adam Rippon, and I think when they called, they had no idea that we love Adam Rippon on Satellite Sisters. You know, Leon right. and I, remember we met him at a USOC dinner, and we did a whole episode last year, or right before the last Winter Olympics, about how much we love Adam Rippon. So anyway, Adam Rippon, uh, Beautiful on the Outside is the name of the book. I hope I'll see many of you tomorrow night. So, okay, cool. 
Anything else in the entertainment sector? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. You, any I, new reading have... materials you're into, Sheila? You're you're keeping up with the Daily Mail. That's good. <laughs> in my inbox, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess it's time for our to-do list. Um, Julie, let's start with you. Uh, well, what's what's see, on the docket I, for this week? Well. I have 24 hours. I've got to. I've got to end up to, by tomorrow night with two dogs and three children. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Okay. And it's not easy, but that's my plan. That, okay. That sounds. It sounds ambitious, but I think you can do it. Sheila, okay. what's on your to-do list? Well, after being on the show today, I would like to just. I'm going to relive some wedding moments this week. Why not? And I'm going to pop some grapes in the freezer and see if that works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about right. you, uh, well, well, as soon as we are done here, my to-do list is run to LAX and, and get on a plane to Washington, D.C., because I have this thing at 6th and I uh, tomorrow night. But while I'm there, I decided to really make time to visit a couple of the cultural institutions that I've never had time to see before. So I'm going to the new African-American Museum of History and Culture. Because when I would be in D.C. a lot, when I was working for National Geographic, it had just opened and it took forever to get tickets. And I could just never get it scheduled. But now it's kind of the off-season off and you can just get walk up passes during the week so i'm thinking that's the number that one fascinating. good thing to do while i while i'm there so i know that some of you have probably been there already but i have been uh i've been dying to get in there and see what goes on there so that's that's my number one item uh and then but we'll all be back next week right sheila you're yes. gonna week number two week we can number two. we can renew your contract uh, yes you may <laughs> renew if i did a good job today <laughs> I'll try for some highbrow stories, but you know me. No, don't worry. I'm going to stay low. <laughs> no. When you go high, I go low. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think it's a good opportunity if you have specific issues or questions you would like Sheila to address next week, feel free to post those in the Facebook group, too. Sure. We might be able to do just an Ask Sheila segment. Why not? <laughs> You've been waiting to hear from Sheila for so long. So that would be great. Try that on the website. So we want to thank Sergio Enriquez in the booth. We're in, we're in the new studio again here, and things always get a little tricky in a new studio. So thank you, Sergio. We want to thank the sponsors of today's show. We put links to all of their URLs in our show notes, so it's easy for you to find them. Thanks for supporting them because they support us. Uh, if you want to join our Facebook group, that's really where all the action is with Satellite Sisters. So go to Facebook, search for the Satellite Sisters group, and you just sort of click to apply. And as long as you answer the two questions, we will let you in. And the reason we do that is so we know that you are real people, not bots. Uh, but you can also follow at Sat Sisters on either Instagram or Twitter. And Leanne warned us last week we should not talk about Instagram because it makes us sound. Talk about having old toupees. I think it just made us sound old. Anyway, and most of all, share our show with your own Satellite Sisters. Anything you do, you can do to introduce them to our podcast, we are very grateful for. So, okay. Thanks, all sisters. Right, sisters. This was fun. Okay, this was great. Don't forget to call your satellite sister.